into sports. 20 yards out, Ursa shoot, don't shoot! Oh, what a goal for Fabinho! Wow! Then get into the all-new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologises to me, I probably will say hello to him, yeah. No. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Abregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do you do? You get a slap. Plus exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports. Ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. The OTB Podcast Network. With Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. I'm a very confident front runner for Caddy for 33 years, 145 wins now, and that's the best win I've ever had. I have no idea what you have. I don't know. I'm, how are we going to count all the shots? Do you, I, I can't keep track. I don't think he's pleased. Of course, you would. That's a, that's a particularly stupid question. If they are, of course, you want to play at the weekend. So the respective tours have moved on to Phoenix and to Saudi Arabia, but really, has anybody moved on? It has been. Quite the week. Justin Thomas, playing this week in Phoenix, has texted Patrick Reed to say, buddy, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Peter Laurie from Spowell Driving Range. Hello to you. Hello, Joe. Fionn Davenport over in sunny Manchester. Hello. Gentlemen. Uh, Nathan Murphy in sunny Dublin. Hello to you. Good afternoon. Uh, Fionn, does it rain a lot more in Manchester than Dublin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So... I had a look at this, geographically speaking. You know the way, and, and Nathan will know all about this, west of the Shannon, it rains like twice as much as it does east of it. It's to do, so the west of England has way more rain than the east of England or past the Pennines. So if you're on this side of the Pennines and the west side of the Pennines, you just get poured on more than almost anywhere else. So the answer, in short, yes, it does. Listen, I knew you'd have a quality answer to that question. Mm. So, look, there's uh, lots going on, to say the least. I'm not quite sure where we start with it all. Uh, Bob Dwyer says, three-hour golf weekly connected to my veins. Hashtag friend of the pod. Uh, Dearman McCarthy, once again with the hashtag love Laurie, says, make sure you get lots of uninterrupted comment from Peter this week. Won't be happening. Uh, Prey says, the coverage on Sky all weekend was poor. CBS, on the other hand, on the money. And then uh, Walkster0511, catchy handle on Rory says uh, this guy this guy is the only golfer possibly sports person who says anything with genuine import and not entirely based around his self-interest or sponsors that was on Rory's comments about the uh, distance debate Kevin Burke says the Saudi tournament I will not be watching and then oh I copied this in as well this wasn't to us but it was just something which made me laugh out loud uh, Mick McCarthy not the football manager but the uh, balls.e Mick McCarthy formerly of off the ball I think you have to imagine Mick saying this to make it extra funny, but he <laughs> says, this Patrick Reed thing is without a doubt the most boring sports story of the year, which for a lot of people, I suspect it was, but the uh, golfing world, Nathan Murphy, did not think it was one bit boring. Wow, hell no. Uh, well, except uh, those involved in the Sky Sports coverage on Sunday night who <laughs> decided there was far greater things in the world for us to be. Can we just see his swing plane once again there? Can we do an in-depth analysis of this? Uh, yeah, it, it was a fascinating weekend because there were so many different angles and it was just a story that kept on giving. So we had the initial Patrick Reed 
incident where he claimed his ball was embedded and the footage came out and you could look at the footage in different angles and you could make your own mind up as to whether it was or wasn't embedded. We do know for certain that the ball did bounce, so therefore it cannot embed is what everybody is in agreement on. And we go back to Patrick Reed has a history, uh, to put it mildly, and therefore, well, he must have been cheating. And bizarrely, quite quickly, the conversation was, well, we don't know for sure he was cheating, but his reputation precedes him. And if this was an Adam Scott or Rory McIlroy and the same thing that happened, well, you know, what would the reaction be like there? And lo and behold, the same thing had turned out had happened, Rory McIlroy. Suddenly the footage of that emerged mysteriously. Uh, not altogether dissimilar incident, but also not exactly the same. It turned out there was a Patrick Reed burner account thrown in there. And all in all, you end up with Patrick Reed winning the tournament and not being in any ways bothered by it at all. But yeah, it was a... I won't say it was a storm in a teacup because it's a it's a big issue and cheating in golf is a bigger issue, I think, than in any other sport where your entire reputation uh, is built upon doing the right thing, whether anybody sees you or not. Mm. So where do you start? Do you start well, on the, did Patrick Reed do something wrong? I think that's where we start. And I think we bow to Peter's experience here. Peter, you're going to be our North Star and guide us through this. Okay. So from um, the moment his ball, uh, from his perspective, didn't bounce and nobody in his playing group saw it bounce, he was uh, working under the, uh, I was going to say assumption, but certainly the possibility his ball had uh, plugged. I mean, they all say embedded, but we're plugged people over here. Uh, so he walked up to the uh, volunteer and said, did you see it bounce? And she said, I didn't see it bounce. And so he found his ball. From that point on, from when he found his ball and nobody in his playing group had seen it bounce and the volunteer hadn't seen it bounce, what did he do wrong? Like, where, where did he divert from the path that a professional player should have taken exactly? My viewpoint of it is this, is I would never, ever pick up my golf ball without calling my playing partners over to make sure that they agreed with me that the ball was in a certain lie. And I would want them to check it with me without even calling for a referee because you don't really need a referee right now um, because we all know the rule. So your ball is there. You bring somebody, you call the lads over, you give them a shout, come on over. But what has happened over the last couple of years is your playing partners have no interest in what you're doing. And majority of times they'll go, They'll just put up their hand. Yeah, go ahead. Right. And I have to admit, when I was finishing up my career, I was very much, yeah, go ahead. Because you expect people to behave in a certain way. And sorry to interrupt. We saw that exact thing happen with Rory Sabatini and McElroy. Yeah. So you expect your, your, your opponent or your playing partner to say, look, go ahead, whatever. Now, if you're not 100% sure when you pick up the ball, right, then you call for a ruling, okay? Because you really want to see it. And this has happened to me so many times. I played nine holes in Malaysia one year, right? I played, I, never mind who I played with, but he picked the ball up four times in nine holes. And eventually, after the ninth hole, we had a rain or a thunder and lightning delay. And I went hell for leather into... John Paramore at the time saying 
this can't be right. This is, you know, effing wrong, all the rest. And the rule states that the person whose ball is plugged actually doesn't have to notify his playing partners at all. He says once his ball is embedded, then he can pick it up, check it. If he feels it's embedded, then he takes relief. And I find this, it's against the spirit of the law, or the rule, should I say, um, that you, you should put up your hand and say, look, this is what I'm doing. At least, that's your, that's your very least thing you should do. But to be, to be squeaky clean, you need to call your playing partners over and agree that the ball is embedded. Because hmm. the ball is actually, in rough like that, it's very difficult to embed a ball, you know, like to break the surface. You're going to break a few roots maybe of the grass, but for a ball to be embedded, it has to be stuck in the plug mark that it's been, that it's made. Yeah. Not somebody else's plug mark, but it's plug mark. So in Reed's case, he may have said something to the playing partners, but he certainly said, let's get a rules official. Now, by the time the rules official had arrived, the ball was out of its potential uh, pitch mark and was over yeah. to the side. And he'd, you know, people were saying, well, he's got his palms on it and has he taken mud off it? That was more difficult to see. So when he picked it out, should he have put it back in its pitch mark before calling over the official? Because the yeah, official absolutely. coming over, like putting his fingers into the ground and, and feeling a lip or something seemed yeah. odd. Exactly. Like it was crazy. But there again, rules officials. You can get some very good rules officials who are uh, believe in their own ability to give out a ruling. And then you get others that are a bit like wishy-washy coming over and kind of nearly frightened to get involved. And did you think that was what happened on Saturday? Very much so. Okay. So he put the pressure on and he got the right he, rules official. Correct. He domineered the ruling. Okay. Absolutely domineered. The but he ruling. didn't and do anything he, wrong to the letter of the law. No. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, unless the ball wasn't embedded. It, it who knows where, well, where the ball was. That's he's got, the he's got, he's got the safety net there of the rules official who agreed with him. Exactly. Once you have the rules official giving you a ruling, you can't be penalised. But Can the problem I is, is he bullied the rule official? Mm. Can I just ask, in terms of the ball being embedded? So all the science seems to suggest that if the ball bounces it cannot then be embedded when it lands for the second time. Now, I don't know. Is there not a slight possibility that maybe it's incredibly soft and it doesn't take a huge bounce? And it's, but, which, again, I guess raises the question I'm asking. What is embedded? How much of the ball needs to be below the surface for it to be embedded? Well, the ball has to be stuck in the ground. So you take, you take a, a golf ball and even a bit of sand and you put the ball into a bit of sand, right? Now, can you rock the ball? Possibly not. So therefore, that's embedded. No, okay, sand is the wrong thing because it has to be under, you know, embedded balls don't work in sand. It, the rule doesn't work in sand. So soft grass or whatever. But it, it's highly unlikely a ball embeds in rough. It's very unlikely. What happens is, and you ask any of the top referees, they'll all say, you know, embedded on a fairway, yes, absolutely, it can happen. Short grass, ball goes straight in. But on long grass, it's very difficult to get to the bottom of that grass. Mm. It's a crap lie. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, it's absolutely horrendous, and it's going to be a tough shot out of it. But the ball's not embedded. Fionn? 
<laughs> um, where to begin? So, um, a couple of things really are troubling. One is, is that Patrick Reed arrives at the ball and within 10 seconds of him arriving at the ball, he has picked the ball up, palmed it, which um, Nick Faldo and I think Frank Nobolo both expressed shock that like they, I think, I think it might've been Faldo says in all my career, I've never seen a player palm a ball ever that rather than just pick it up gingerly with two fingers to make sure not to disturb any dirt or mud or whatever, um, palms it and then puts it down and it all happens so quickly. Um, then, so that's number one, number two, he, he was told by the volunteer that the ball didn't bounce. So in his head, it was like, okay, the ball hasn't bounced. So I'm, it's almost as though he predetermined that it had embedded, no matter what. Um, no, we don't. I can't read Patrick Reed's mind. Number three, he makes this, just this visible show of vocal kind of deference to the, like, get me a rules official. And when he's dropping the ball, eventually, he puts the ball down and his caddy is there and he goes, oh, no, no, don't touch it. You know, he says to the caddy. But when he's picking the ball out, his back is to the camera. Now, I cannot speak to the man's intentions, obviously, but it doesn't look good. It does not look good at all. It looks like, yeah, anyway. So, and, and obviously you look online and there's a gazillion and one people who are all asserting, oh, Patrick Reed did this and he pressed down or he did this. We don't know. We have no idea what actually happened. As far as we know right now is that he went down within 10 seconds. He had a look. He picked the ball out, held it in his hand, and then dropped it on the ground. Calls the rules officials over, and the rules official agrees. They says, oh, it didn't bounce. The volunteer told him it didn't bounce. But all of this is moot. It's all moot because the ball bounced. And even Patrick Reed himself said it's literally impossible for the ball to embed if it's bounced. Mm. Like nobody believes that the ball embedded on a bounce. Nobody. So here's the thing. The rule, the rule is irrelevant if the ball has not embedded. And if bounced, we are safely to assume that the ball is embedded. It's in a crappy lie at the bottom of the grass. Fine. Mm. But that's the big thing. And the fact Reed didn't call over a playing partner, didn't check with anyone, didn't get another set of eyes on it to say, look, I think it's embedded. What do you think? If he is so sure it's embedded, just to remove all doubt, call a guy over to have a look. I mean, it's what, that simple. What was interesting about Reed, actually, and we have to bring in Rory here, Reed seemed to say, I think that's embedded. Rory was sure his ball was embedded and called straight over to Sabatini and said, this is embedded. There was no doubt. Whereas Reed said, I think that's embedded. If you think it's embedded and you're not absolutely certain it's embedded, all the more reason not to take the ball out of its pitch mark. All the more reason to get a second set of eyes on it before you make a judgment call on, I think that's embedded. And then the rules official to stick his fingers in and feel some kind of a lip in wet mud. I mean, I mean that was comical. Um, the coverage of it, I think, is, is really interesting. Rory now has been vindicated. Rory has been vindicated well, in that the PGA Tour have come out and said that they received word from a volunteer who said something like, I'm sorry Rory's been dragged into this scenario. I didn't tell him. I actually stood on his ball to find it. Have the PGA Tour come out and said that? Um, or did uh, Rory said that the PGA Tour told him this? The latter, I think. The latter, yeah. I think. But the PGA Tour cer certainly haven't um, 
countered it. And I presume I, he, got, he got the email from the PGA. Can I say this has happened many times before where a volunteer or a, um, a marshal are scared absolutely. They don't know what to do when something happens like that. When they step and on they'll it. just And they'll just claim that I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't yeah. touch it. No, it's just human and they put their hands up and I used to go up to them and say to them, look, it doesn't matter what you did. Just mm. tell me what happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, nobody else is going to, you know, nobody's going to give out to you just because the way we proceed is different. Like Rory could have placed it if he had known that the volunteer had stepped on it okay. rather than dropping it. Well, we'll come back to that in a second, but I'm staying on Reed here. Actually, it's more the coverage of Reed. Right. So let's just operate for a second as if. McElroy hasn't made this revelation, which was the general situation for the past number of days. The coverage really made no sense to me. The coverage of Reed versus the coverage of McElroy did not make sense to me. And it was very telling that Rory said on Sunday night, he went to bed very uneasy over what had happened two day, you know, the day previously, even by Sunday, Rory said, I was starting to doubt myself. And I, I never usually do that. Massively uh, relieved. I listened to uh, No Laying Up. I listened to uh, the Golf Channel coverage. I listened to the TV coverage. I listened to a whole host of things. Hank Haney's podcast. He was the, Hank Haney was the only one to say, sorry, what is the difference here? What is the actual difference here? Both balls have bounced and both these players are saying embedded. And we're not even talking about Rory. Rory didn't call anyone over to double check. He just took the drop operating within the rules. But my point here is not to say I have suspicions over Rory. I don't. You saw at Harding Park the way he behaved impeccably over a drop. And there has never been even a hint of suspicion over Rory's integrity over the last 15 years. So I fully believe Rory. My point is actually about the coverage. It was all about Reid and none of it was about Rory. And that felt desperately unfair to me. I mean, if you're giving Rory the benefit of the doubt, if the same thing has happened to Rory, this weird phenomenon where a second bounce seems to have broken the ground on the same course, why is there not a possibility it happened to Reed? The golf journalists at large were genuflecting before Rory and we take Rory's word. And okay, admittedly, given Reed's history, I, I, I accept Reed's history, but we're saying cheat. Like you're a cheat. Mm. Like Jim Nance, when he hold the winning, winning put said nothing. It was like the longest 15 seconds ever. Not since Tiger Woods uh, won the Masters has there been a silence that long from Jim Nance after the, the, the putt was held. So it wasn't just like, oh, we're not so sure about that read drop. That looked a bit contentious or, you know, don't like the way he did it. It was, you're a cheat. You're, you, you have cheated. You're like a scumbag. We don't want you in this game, but not a word about Rory. And I thought the coverage there was very unfair. I don't, like, what was the difference? That's one of them has an impeccable reputation who at times of extreme pressure in huge tournaments as Rory did at Harding Park punished himself almost instead of taking advantage of the rules where Patrick Reed has a long, long history mm. of misdemeanors. But I absolutely agree. And I have, listen, I've read Shane Ryan's book. I am fully aware of all the various indiscretions throughout his college career, all the accusations, everything that is built up into this reputation that Patrick Reed shouldn't be trusted. But I felt the exact same way that once again, and maybe there's more to this that we just don't know that only if you're on the tour and if you're involved and you're there week on week, that there's an extra layer to Patrick Reed and that he is this sociopath that everyone likes to throw out there over the last while that nobody's surprised by this. And that's why everyone's just waiting to jump on him. 
because there was such clarity in people's opinions on this. All you had to do was look online. Video came out of Rory's ball. Rory's ball clearly bounces into his own pitch mark. It's kept coming up. <laughs> it's so different. And there is absolutely no, maybe it did. Maybe it did. You'd have to say it's a one in a 100 chance. Well, it's not. That it did. Look at but, the video. You can see it bouncing you forward. You can see it in the video. It exactly. Didn't. So, yeah. but, but this, but the video showed that Rory was innocent. Yeah. Yes, the video, and you even touched it there, Fionn. Oh, Patrick Reed, the camera was behind him and he spent a lot of time hunched down and he's... Patrick Reed may be a sociopath, but I'm not sure he's fully in charge of CBS golf coverage and where they play his cameras. He's the leader of the tournament. So while there is a camera behind him, how's he not to know there's a camera across the fairway yeah. that is zoomed right in? That it's, it's not like he's Jason Bourne and knows where every camera in the vicinity no, is. No, and it was. and it, it <laughs> Or does. he wants you to believe that, Joe, that he's not Jason Bourne. <laughs> in, in one way, it couldn't have worked out any better, I think, for Patrick Reed, in terms of there's clearly no balance around the yeah. coverage that has no. been proven, and that's not to say I don't actually, I don't believe either of them cheated. I think what we saw were the sort of self regulation of golf has probably changed recently, and I think you touched on a few different things there, Peter. That the various processes that should be in place were sort of forgotten about from the playing partners. So McElroy, his Ball's embedded. Rory Sabatini doesn't come across. Rory just shouts at him and tells him. Mm. Rory Sabatini barely looks back. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fine. Okay, maybe it's because it's Rory McIlroy and he understands that Rory's never going to do that. But as you said, Peter, the right and proper thing would have him to be to protect the field, to go back and have a look and make sure it's all right. The other thing is the dynamic now with the referees and the officials. Hey, you're talking about John Paramore. I always got the sense when John Paramore was in charge that he was the boss and the players were almost afraid of him because he could destroy your reputation. That if he looked at it and accused you of doing something wrong, that your reputation would be in the garbage. Now it's not. Now the players have the power and they know they have the power. So Patrick Reed brings the official over. He tells him what's happened. It's an almost impossible task for that official who gets, I don't know what they get paid a year, to turn around to Patrick Reed and say, no, 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 like you've made a grave error of judgment here. Likewise, with what we saw with Bryson DeChambeau, who tried to do the exact same thing, that I, I know the camera's on me. I'm used to the camera being on me. I am going to put you in a position where you have to back down. And the other thing I felt watching it all week, and I think this all the time on the PGA Tour, that when it's wet and that they bring in some sort of lift in place, that all bets are off. <laughs> that it's a little bit mud ball. Yeah, probably embedded. Yeah, I'm just going to place it. And that there's this relaxed attitude to it that probably shouldn't be there. What? It's, I mean, I, hard to disagree with you, Nathan. I think, though, the so your man Ken Tackett is the is the American equivalent of what John Paramore was. And he was the guy who was directly involved in the Bryson DeChambeau fence incident. Um, was it at Harding Park? Was it Harding Park? Harding Park, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but he was asked afterwards by Nance. It was like, and, you know, and, and Tackett kind of defended Reed's actions, but he said, oh, he, I think he something to the, if I'm paraphrasing now, and he goes, oh, he might've gotten ahead of himself, which is as much as Tackett was going to say, yeah, he probably could have waited, <laughs> you know, just have a look, wait, and then call the rules official if there was any doubt. Well, to go back to Joe's point though, about the coverage, what I found really quite surprising was Sky Sports said virtually nothing, despite the fact that it was clear that Rob Lee desperately wanted to, 
express his strong and strident opinion about it. But CBS, because I watched then the, 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 the coverage again on Monday, and, and rather than the Sky feed, you have the, the original or the American feed. Yeah. And the guys never stopped talking about it. And it went minutes past their allotted time of six o'clock or five o'clock or whatever it was. And you have like even Jim Nance, Jim Nance, who's like the most vanilla person in, in sports, never mind golf. Even Jim Nance was just like, oh my God, there's something so wrong with this. Now, I'm going to read you the new language that when they've amended the rules slightly. So the new language says, the player's reasonable judgment will be accepted even if after the stroke is made, the determination is so shown to be wrong by video evidence or other information, which absolutely applies in this instance because we the video evidence shows that the ball did in fact bounce. But the referee, the PGA, golf, everybody has accepted that Patrick Reed exercised reasonable judgment. Now, for me, and it's the obvious point to make, but it's worth repeating, the difference is, is that Patrick Reed's reasonable judgment has been in question for a long time, not least at the Hero World Challenge, where he patently, he told Porky Pies. <laughs> like, you know, it's, the problem is, is that like, he's just not a trustworthy person. And it's not because people are picking on Patrick Reed or because Patrick Reed doesn't talk to his family or because Patrick Reed isn't the most likable guy in golf. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It's because Patrick Reed has been on the uncomfortable side of the line when it comes to rules infractions on more than one occasion. And in a sport like golf, where your reputation is absolutely everything, like... It's like, and I, we can talk about it. Xander Schauffele, Lando Griffin, both of whom came out this week and said, look, uh, you know, I know I, I don't want to fall afoul of the thing. So I would probably err on the side of caution. Now, Patrick Reed might reply and goes, you know what, guys, you guys do that. I know what I saw. I know what I'm doing. But the video evidence in the Caribbean last December or what, December 2019 showed clearly. Yeah. Clearly. And the fact God. is, even when presented with that evidence, he still held on to his bullshit excuse. Says to me that you are not a trustworthy person. And you are, you are not a person who has it within him to go, guys, I made a terrible mistake. Mm. I really need to think again about how I approach these things. Like, that's what he should have done. And the fact that he didn't do it says to me that what happened on Saturday last, it's like, I'm. this is why... This is why Patrick Reed gets the attention that he gets. And Rory McIlroy, who I think made a mistake, but who cares what I think? I think it was a mistake. I think Rory McIlroy, the ball bounced. But you see, it, but you see, this is the interesting thing. I was so uneasy about the McIlroy thing. And I was really disappointed in the general coverage. And the only thing that explains McIlroy's action and his certainty is that someone stepped on it. So the ball was clearly embedded, sure. you know? So now I'm like, okay, that, okay, that explains enough. this weird thing where McElroy was completely certain. Like it was only at a glance and he was like, oh, that's embedded. And I was like, but it bounced. I mean, it couldn't have been embedded by much. Actually, Certainly not that degree of certainty. I take it right back. So, so that, that's why Peter, up until McElroy uh, made the revelation where the volunteer said, look, I stood in it. That's what happened here. Like, were you uneasy about the McElroy thing, given the video, and also your thoughts on the coverage? Let's go to McElroy, first of all. Um, 
Rory, as we all know, has an impeccable uh, record in in all rules, officials, and stuff like that. So let's you know that's his background. So when he walks up to the ball and he looks at the ball and the ball is embedded, whether and I know he hasn't seen it bounce, um, the ball's embedded, so he's going to take relief for an embedded ball. Now when he looks back on it and says, "Jesus, you know, well the ball bounced. How could it be embedded?" not knowing that somebody stood on it, you know, it, it looks bad. But he knows himself, he's true to himself, no doubt, that the ball is embedded. Mm. So he's taken Should he have leave. asked for an official once he saw that the ball was embedded? Once he, if, because he had no doubt, Nathan, in his own mind, he said to the lads, lads, this is embedded, right? You know, he was absolutely 100% clear that the ball was embedded. On the opposite end of the thing, Patrick Reed was worried that it was embedded and had asked the volunteer, but the volunteer did not say that she didn't see it bounce. She said she didn't see it. Do you, do you think, though, in the treatment of both players, like should, should there have been bigger questions asked to McElroy in the coverage and after the event, everybody knows he's huge integrity and everybody now knows no. what, what happened. But there was a degree of like clearly bounced. So it wasn't embedded. And there was just a degree of, OK, look, don't really know what happened there, but it's Rory. So we'll say nothing. No, uh, but we didn't see the full coverage of Rory's. Well, nobody saw it until the video was released well after the broadcast had finished. But when well, that's, the, I'm that's talking about when in the video itself is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. suddenly... And, evidence came and raises a couple of questions firstly were the pga tour like was that released to show well actually these incidents happen on a regular basis so therefore what patrick reed did isn't that yeah. uh, out of the ordinary and also raises a constant question that i have when it comes to these sort of rules and fractions that every shot that rory mcelroy takes is covered every shot that patrick reed was taking last weekend was covered because he was in contention that these little minor indiscretions of my balls embedded when you're in 34th place. Nobody gives a damn about. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to actually roll yeah. back on something I said. I actually don't think now given, I didn't realize that it had been confirmed that one of the volunteers had stepped on the ball. So I'm going to go with Rory McElroy knew for sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt Absolutely. that the ball was embedded. And because he is a player of absolute utmost good unsoiled reputation i'm going to take him at his word i don't take patrick reed at his word because mm. i think it's been proven not to be trustworthy but it, so but it, but I think it was, it was, it was a curious it. few days wasn't it where we take mcelroy yeah. at his word and yet we saw the ball bounce and it clearly didn't land in its own pitch mark i i was like what has happened here i know i i, I didn't realize it actually until today that the volunteer confirmed it so i was like you i was spent the last few days trying to do, I was doing mental circles where I'm going, I have, the, the, there's many, many, re, there's many things you can say about Rory McIlroy, many things, but the fact that he does not abide 100% by the rules is absolutely not one of them, mm. ever, mm. ever, ever. In fact, as you said, Joe, I mean, the way he, he just, he makes a point of giving himself, if there's any doubt, he'll give himself a crappier lie, just, yeah. just to stay honest. And but, but, but yeah, but I think, totally. I, but I guess the point is, yeah. I can see how uh, uh, whoever's operating that burner account for Patrick <laughs> Reed. Okay. Like, I can see how Reed is looking at this whole thing going, like, what gives? But, what gives? Boat balls bounced. Yeah. Joe, can I say, there? you know, 
you look at rules, right? So it's the 16.4 is the rule. Yeah, in, I have it here. If people, if people want to go look at it. But there's the rules and then there's the ethics of the rules, as they yeah. say it, right? And, you know, the, the basic thing around what the rules are, are built up as, and it's on the back of your everybody's rule book, is play the ball as it lies, play the course as you find it, and if you can't do either, do what is fair, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I firmly know that Rory McIlroy will do what is fair, not alone to himself, but the field. Yes. I cannot say that for Patch Creed. No, that's fair. That's I, fair. I, I cannot say that. And in my viewpoint is, and, and what really bothers me, about all of this is Patrick Reed is a fucking brilliant golfer. Let's be honest. He is. He's brilliant. He is brilliant. He gets it up and down. He, he doesn't let anybody get into his head. You know, if, if we could bottle what Patrick Reed has hmm. and give it to Rory McIlroy, Rory McIlroy would win for every major that he plays in. Right. However, I cannot. He, 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 I cannot understand why Reed behaves like this. Yeah, it's the big question. You know, I, I, I just yeah. can't. He is such a good golfer. Yeah, he can he, win without this. Yeah, he's a brilliant but, golfer. And, 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 and he, my, he proved it on Sunday. And my point is this: is golf as we know it, or golfers as we know it, with honor, integrity, you know, the whole lot. Do they still exist? Can Can we just? Just in case nobody has or people haven't heard this exchange, the exchange with Shuffler. I mean, just to read out, it goes, he was asked, did you, did you have a chance to see what happened with Patrick Reed yesterday? This is on the Sunday. No, I didn't search for the videos. I just have heard talk amongst the boys out there, which is interesting. So the field is talking about it. Have you ever run into a situation like that on a golf course? Xander, I would not put myself and create a situation like that. That's kind of... I wouldn't. Hmm. If my ball's embedded, I usually will wait and call someone and kind of wait until everyone's on the same page, wait to look at video. So I try to avoid situations like that just for that reason. And then he's asked again, just to be clear, you wouldn't have picked the ball up, Xander. No, I would wait for an official. You can put a tee in the ground and check your ball. I mean, he did everything by the book and according to the official and everyone stood by there. Obviously, the talk amongst the boys isn't great, I guess, but he's protected by the tour and that's all that matters, I guess. Now, there's so much in that. That as a general rule, Patrick Reed's behavior is not really considered okay by players that, other players. Two is, is that the accepted wisdom, as Peter highlighted, is to kind of wait, err on the side of caution. And three, his shuffle's assertion that the PGA protect Reed or are protecting Reed. Now they're not protecting Reed over everybody else. I'm sure if it was any other player, particularly top players in the top 20 or top 50, whatever, um, the PGA might exercise the same kind of put their arms around them and make sure that he's okay. Cuddle. Um, but uh, I just thought that was really interesting. And I thought it, it just, it, it's the reason why this has not been put to bed. It's the reason why, despite Patrick Reed's smiling assertions on Saturday evening, um, despite the fact that he waited for ages before he gave the interview. And like, 
he's like for our he's like Stephen Donnelly. <laughs> he's like he says things with like this kind of breezy self-confidence. Like he's like, and that smile, even Amanda Balionis, who, God bless her, is not there to ask the probing question. Even she asked him, even she asked him the key question. Do you honestly, do you not looking back in hindsight, do you not think is would you would you have still picked up that ball? You know, and he's like, Yes, with a big smile on his face. So the fact that players aren't comfortable with it, they're just not. They don't think it's cool. And maybe they're not cool because maybe it's not cool because it's bad for the PGA. Maybe they're not cool with it because, you know, it just makes kind of light of this sense of personal integrity that most golfers are, are, are expected to, to abide by. You know, I don't know. But it's why we're still talking about it 45 minutes after the pod started. Yeah, we should begin to move on. I mean, the net result of uh, Rory's revelation of that email from the PGA Tour now is one, thankfully, his actions make perfect sense. And suddenly you can square what he did with the integrity we know he has. And two, any semblance I had in the back of my mind of, of hope for Reed's character that like, well, if Rory's bounced and somehow plugged, maybe somehow Reed's bounced and plugged, maybe this ground was so much softer than we think. That's now blown out of the water. There's now no chance that Reed's ball was embedded because Rory's didn't embed on the second bounce. It was stood Just on. to go right back to the start then. Yeah. Ooh. And You're killing me about, here. <laughs> sorry. Just, just I want, uh, in terms of uh, Patrick Reed and just how well thought out his plan was here. Yeah. So he has hit the shot. He's walking up. He's still not near the ball. And he asks the official, did you see it bounce? So yeah. surely at that stage, he's not thinking, well, no matter what happens here, I'm picking this ball up and I'm giving myself a nice little lie. As in? So, because that's been put out as, well, it was the way he worded the question to the official was, did you see it? She said, she didn't say it didn't bounce. She said, I didn't see it bounce, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that it didn't bounce. Didn't bounce. Hmm. But, so how does it develop in his head to, all right, there's an opportunity here for me to gain a little bit of an advantage? See, I wonder, the lie. I wonder, was it slightly against, you know, some kind of slight lip and muck or something, you know, maybe some slight thing, but not embedded. And he just thought, yeah, maybe here. Like the, the, old, the, the, the lie old, was horrendous. Yeah. The worst case scenario, the absolute worst case scenario. And I, I don't think this happened. I hope there was some kind of lip that the rules officials seem to feel as well. But the worst case scenario would be he got to the ball, saw it wasn't embedded, but the lie was absolutely horrific. Volunteer had said she didn't see it bounce. Maybe there's a decent chance it didn't bounce. I'm just going to try one here and just say it's a bit embedded. I'm mm. going to pick the ball up before anyone can check. Yeah. Now, that would be really dumb because he would know that camera footage would generally catch the ball fall. I'd say yeah. he thought... This is also the same lad who claimed at the Hero World Challenge that it was the camera angle that showed that that gave a misrepresentation of where the club was in relation to the ball in the bunker. I yeah. mean, and he, he didn't feel the sand. He didn't feel mm -hmm. the sand going back in his well, back. Besides, besides that, now Peter, you've been a professional. You you are a professional golfer. Um, I've known. I've always thought this about professional footballers. You know, the professional footballer who, as in the challenge, is falling back and accidentally steps on the guy's thigh. I, for a fact. Professional footballers are skilled athletes. They know exactly where their feet are all the time. Like you, you don't, you don't accidentally step by on the guy's thigh. Equally, I would find it absolutely beyond the realms of possibility 
to think that a professional golfer doesn't realize that he's brushing the sand on the yeah, way. No, we don't, we, we don't need to relitigate mm. that one. That was an open and show case. And he did it no. twice. He did it twice. But so, so the idea that he's arguing is like, oh, you know, the camera angle. It's like, you know, this is a guy who was forming arguing nonsense. Like, so well, that, that, that's the other part of actually the fallout from it then and the interviews where he's contradicting himself, where he says, oh, it turns out it bounced. But I, I knew if it had bounced, it couldn't have been embedded. But you just said it was embedded. Yeah. So now that you know that, how can you claim it was embedded? Yeah, yeah. Is there, could he, when he was having that phone call that seemed to go on and on and on after the round of Saturday night with whether it was his agent or Justine or God knows who, who's given him a little bit of advice as to what happens next. Could he have gone into the scorer's hut and said, actually, I assumed it was embedded. There was a bit of dirt in it. Nobody said it bounced. I made a mistake. Give me a two-shot penalty and here, I'm the good guy here. Yeah. Or... Could he do that, Peter? Is that, that within Joe the rules? Is that within he the rules, called, Peter? He could have called the penalty on himself. Yeah. He could yeah. have, okay. I mean, there is another possibility that in the phone call, he was like, to go back to something you said, Joe, that he actually was talking to Jason Bourne, much like in the movie when the English journalist is in Houston Station and Jason Bourne is telling him, like, no, no, walk this way, take a right now, take a left now. Um, because, and we have, we basically, this burner account it's just like, this is a whole other element of the story that's just off the charts. It's so mental. It's like, and it's not just that they, it's like they've been tweeting shit about other players for a, for like a couple of years, most notably Justin Thomas. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, and, 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 and they, uh, they didn't, so they, and the reason why we know, or we have a more than strong suspicion that they're linked to Patrick Reed's people is is that so? This use golf facts is the is the account tweeted that thing about Rory in capital letters. Rory did the exact same thing on eighteen. Blah 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 blah. And whoever was tweeting must have forgotten to kind of change accounts because it went out on Patrick Reed's official account exactly the same way, exactly the same lettering, same wording, everything. I know. I've done that. I've almost done that a handful of times when I'm abusing Nathan Murphy on a Thursday night. And it's I know, but, just... but the thing is, is you. <laughs> Delete, delete. You just got to remember, switch the account. Switch the account. Yeah, that's key. But as soon as you get you get pent up and you have a good zinger and you just yeah. you know, I mean, they were it was quite an emotional tweet. Those all caps about Rory because I mean that was their that was why I was kind of wondering. Well, maybe there's a chance he didn't actually cheat. Rory, like in in some ways, it was so perfect for Reed that like Rory, this kind of poster boy for integrity, had done exactly the same thing. That was the nagging kind of sense of. Well, maybe, maybe something happened here with Reed's ball and the course was just so soft. But now that that's, now the Rory thing has been tidied up nicely. I mean, he's goosed, Reed. There's, now there's, there is zero chance it was embedded. He, you know, there's it, also, has, 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 sorry, Pete. Sorry, Fionn. Has, has anybody seen that, uh, what they said about um, Montgomery and how he was dealt with? In Jakarta. In Jakarta. And how the European Tour got together and senior players of the European tour got together and he was roasted. Yeah. But that, that's yeah. a load of rubbish. That's, that's the biggest load of rubbish you've ever seen. It didn't because happen. Because the tour did nothing about it. The actual tour, like Monty kept his money. He kept his world ranking points, which got him into the masters the following year because he had to make so much. Um, and what happened there was Colin or his, his um, management group, um, they walked into the tour with five or six lawyers and said, right, you know, let's go. You know, what are you saying about our player? 
and the right. tour backs down. Yeah. So my my point in all of this is the PGA Tour are, are, are not going to do anything to Patrick Reed. No, of course they won't. Well, they not, don't think he broke chance. a rule for a start. They have said he did <laughs> but, not break a rule. But even in previous rulings and whatever else, yeah. they're not going to do anything. No. Because so, it's it's actually nearly good for them to have this bad person hmm. that people are going to follow. To, to move this on, because we'll be here all day and there's so much more to talk about, just to finish on the whole saga and the weekend, uh, Ewan Murray from The Guardian. Sky coverage of this golf tournament is incredible editorially, he tweeted on the Sunday night. All anyone externally is speaking about is read, rules, etc. And yet Sky have been giving us, quote unquote, insight into cloud formations and how trees survive. <laughs> I oh, he's being that sarcastic. Part. Incredible as in unbelievable. Rubbish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. in, like, sorry, as in, as in no, sorry, as in hard to fathom. As in, like, yeah. I'm, in, I'm incredulous at what I'm hearing here. In that they are not addressing this issue. So it seems like Sky had a pretty bad weekend in the main, is what we're hearing. One hundred, absolutely. Oh. They, they, dereliction of duty here, lads. It's like it's just. I mean, they had that Rob Lee, as I said, and in fairness to Rob Lee, he desperately wanted to say something, but what I don't know what constrained him from being a. You know, I mean, does Sky have a tenuous relationship with the PGA and that it can't be seen? To, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I think I, I would have thought that initially when I was watching it, thinking, okay, this is going to extreme levels where you are rights holders and there's a relationship and there's contract negotiations going on and you want to tread that fine line of being critical, but not maybe bringing undue attention. But then you look at what was going on in America where exactly. it had got to the stage where American viewers were getting pissed off that they wouldn't shut up about it, mm, that yeah. they weren't showing any of the golf, that it was just nonstop and every single big name pundit having a go, giving their thoughts, not all in agreement, some of them all going at Reed, some of them questioning Rory at the time when we didn't know what we know now. And it just seemed bizarre, particularly considering you look at how Sky and well, all of us in broadcast cover sports whereby the incident ends up becoming a bigger story than the actual match. So you've Manchester United winning nine nil on Wednesday night and BT spent half an hour talking about a penalty when it was six nil rather than anything <laughs> to do with the game where the controversy, like the controversy is the talking point. Yeah. And at one stage and that sort of half an hour break where there was no goals, there was no mention. No. There was no mention of it at all. I didn't see Saturday, but I saw Sunday and on Twitter, like my timeline felt like the world was exploding with this read stuff. It was yeah. all anyone from the golfing world was talking about. And that half hour break between Golf Channel and CBS, it was Rob Lee and Simon Holmes talking about anything but. And it, it was unbelievable. You could have actually. Yeah, I'm right in saying that you could really have if you'd missed Saturday and weren't on Twitter and hadn't got a paper that morning, if you'd sat down to watch the Sky coverage Sunday evening there's a fair chance you wouldn't have known there was anything awry with the wind. Which is a lot of people. Yeah. Like we live in that bubble of we're, we're doing all of those things. Yeah. There's a huge percentage of people who I even know made a mind to be big into his golf, but was obviously, you know, had a life that turned out on a Sunday. And I mentioned something about what happened with Rory at about 10 o'clock. And he's like, oh, I didn't see it. I'm like, what? This is all anyone's been talking about. <laughs> but he'd been sitting watching the Sky coverage. And I just can't understand it. They're in a difficult position at the moment, obviously, where... But firstly, the European Tour was the main event last week, so a lot of their main voices were out at that. I presume they can't send anybody to America for the foreseeable future, but 
maybe in a way that should make it easier because you're removed from the situation. You're not going to be running into Patrick Reed and his team on the range. Yeah. It, I, where's the CBS commentary gone? I've always enjoyed the mix on Sky of, I mean, they I would think, have you and Murray and yeah. McGinley or Butch, and then they go back and they've got Faldo for an hour and then come back again. I think perversely, they're trying to take more ownership of their coverage and be less reliant yeah. on an American feed, which is probably, you would say, to their credit. But I mean, if you're going to do that, it has to be better coverage than what the Americans are giving us. It can't be substandard. So they only, uh, have, they only have Andrew Coltart, who was doing coverage from Scotland or wherever he was. Yeah, and and then Beam. they have Rich Beam, who was yeah. surprisingly in, in Patrick Reed's favour. Was he? That's the impression that I got. I think they were ju- none of them would come down hard on him. That's the thing. I don't know if he was entirely I, in his favor. I yeah, think he was I, trying to. I think he was trying to take the kind of the universal view. You know, just to give as much benefit of the doubt as he could. I but, don't um, even mind if someone honestly holds the view that Reed didn't break a rule here, and yeah. there's a bit. Of, there's a bit of bullying of Reed going on, and Rory did something similar, and I'm not so sure he needs to be persecuted in this way. If that's your honestly held view, that's absolutely fine. But like, have the discussion. Mm. Be, talk, be talking about the most interesting thing from this weekend. Show us the Rory thing. Show us the Reed thing. And tell us, you're experts. I play golf all the time. I have vague understanding of the rules I need to know about. I spent a lot of the weekend going, like, what is the difference exactly? Because I'm getting a lot of people going, oh, well, the Rory thing is completely different. I just want the coverage, the experts to explain it to me. Side by side, we've got, here's, here's what Rory did, which is different or not different. Or here's where Reed has questions to answer. Sky, um, I mean, Sky just parachuted out of there. They didn't want to know about it. And I, like, they, they actually do need to kind of sit around and have an editorial and say, what was our thinking here? And there's another point, and this isn't actually Sky's fault, really. But like, when you think how badly served we are as golf viewers. So in that half hour gap between CBS and Golf Channel, because this tournament didn't do it for me. This was a really boring Sunday. And I was trying to think, am I just not as into golf sometimes or what's going on? And it was actually the coverage. The half hour gap between CBS and Golf Channel where the golf disappears uh, Rob Lee and Simon Holmes were filling time. And in the midst of that, on the sixth hole, Patrick Reed made the eagle, which effectively won in the tournament. It got him a two-shot lead. He never let that lead go. So that was the defining moment of the tournament. And what was happening there was Simon Holmes and Rob Lee were mid-chat about something. The picture came up of Reed with this 30, 40-footer, maybe 30-footer for eagle. And they're still continuing the chat because, understandably, they don't expect him to make the putt. And they don't give it the big sell or say, this would be, a, everyone, let's stop what we're talking about here. They're still midstream and then he holds it and they interrupt whatever point they were making to go, oh, wow, Reed, just hold that. Yeah, that's big. You know, it's, it's akin to, could you imagine if Sky Sports cut from a game to go to studio and Graham Sinis was making general timeless points about midfield play and in the midst of it, Graham went, oh, I see there, Mo Salas just won Liverpool the league. But um, to get back to this point I was making about midfield play, that's like so i mean jesus we're trying to attract people to watch golf why would you watch that 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 was the tournament that's not sky's fault that's this weird thing over in the states and they were a bit unlucky that reed makes the eagle which really grabs the tournament but well it is but, a little bit sky's fault i know they got to do something about it I but mean, i mean only in as much as like it's not it's, good listen and and look i'm loath to, i'm not pick on anybody i don't know what the hell is going on and simon holmes is Whatever he's a he's he's a pundit with plenty to say. Rob Lee is an experienced broadcaster. I've never ever had an issue. I've enjoyed him a lot, but it's like because as you said, like the 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 
the big the big event for Sky was, was happening in Dubai, you know. So this is kind of the ancillary event. Um, yeah, and look, maybe that maybe that was why it felt a bit more low key. But it was this explosive story that gave you actually a really interesting yeah, absolutely. point. Yeah, and and like they do have difficulties with you know social distancing and how many people they can have in studio, and it meant at times. You know, you ended up with Sarah Stirk and Paul McGinley probably having to do three hours straight because nobody else can sit down. But at least it's based around the talking points. So what has happened? Why is that interesting? Explain it. Trying to get that balance, which you have to do between nerds who watch every minute and the people who are just tuning in. But it just felt the two lads were standing there going, all right. Whereas actually they had this talking point that we have now spent an hour yeah, an hour <laughs> talking about yeah. Joe. We've two more hours to go. Don't worry, and, it's fine. And, Toilet and, break, everyone. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's I like. I would be thinking it's it's such a big story. You're trying to get you're trying to get other guests on. Get them on Skype. Get them on for twenty minutes. Go through it. Talk to us about Patrick yeah. Reed. What's your opinion? All of that. Yeah, but yeah, it I, felt I, very I, flat, and it's not going to help get people watching on a Sunday night. I presume I'm not the only one that therefore the tournament felt flat because. The, the defining moment happened in this weird way. And it's like, oh, suddenly Patrick Reed's three shots clear. That's kind of happened without me noticing. The tournament's sort of over. Is this how in 2021 you're paying for this coverage? They cover so many sports so well. How is this happening on their watch on a Sunday? Now, it's a CBS Golf Channel issue as well, mm. but it is still happening on Sky's watch. There's got to be a way they can try and do more with it. The coverage of the, were they in Dubai last week? Yes, they were in Dubai. No, I know they were in Dubai. No, they were in Dubai in the week in just Dubai. gone. In du- I noticed because I saw five million shots of Dubai looking beautiful. Oh, yeah. sorry, yeah, of oh, just, just gone the week before is Abu Dhabi. For yeah. every green, and the coverage of that was brilliant. Mm. And Tim Barter ended up pretty much being a one-man band <laughs> for the final day, and the on-course interviews, the post-round interviews, the funnily enough, the sh- change in shot selection and the showing the lie on the ball that they've suddenly started doing would have been perfect for a Patrick Reed scenario where they're getting right down yeah, on brilliant. top of it. And you can see perfectly what the lie is. So maybe it was just the case that they've put a big investment into this Middle Eastern swing. And that at the moment, the PGA Tour, the viewing figures, we know what the viewing figures are like in America. Maybe the viewing figures actually are just not worth the investment right now. And as we get to the Players' Championship in one a month, then Sky are going all out and you're getting all the razzmatazz that these tournaments probably deserve. And when they bring the Razzmatazz, their coverage is absolutely brilliant. And I'm not having to go at Rob Lee. I'm not having to go at Simon Holmes uh, for the the Reed Eagle at all. That's beyond their control. I think it's beyond the control of Sky. Like it's a CBS golf channel. It's madness over there and it's impacting Sky's coverage. Um, and in the main, I think Sky's brilliant. Like we always say we love Rob Lee and I do like Simon Holmes. It's just, it was just an overall sense from the weekend. Their coverage is often excellent like really really excellent but you've got to just say like ugh, really wasn't a great saturday sunday that's i think that's fair sorry peter you were going to come in a moment ago no i i, I was just going to say i was disappointed that sky didn't bring on the likes of since john paramore and andy mcphee have retired from i'm i was surprised that they didn't bring them in on sunday i did do some some kind of an interview with them on sunday to give their opinion on the rules of what should have happened or what could have happened, yeah. um, which would have which would have made it quite clear to the, you know, the guy sitting at home what the rules and regulations are. Mm. But maybe um, we should get John Paramore on. We should. Yeah, some great stories John has. 
Um, yeah. Are we parking Tory Pines? Well, we're done. We can't do it. It's something Peter said earlier, and it's just Patrick Reed's some player, though. Jesus, he really yeah. is. Yeah, he's class. He is class. And, and as I predicted, I think he's going to win a major this year. I think, um, I think it'll be an unpopular win, but I think, I think he's uh, Nathan. Are you giving your 25 to 1 to charity? <laughs> no chance. I was one of the few people okay. going, please don't, please don't disqualify him or give him a two shot penalty <laughs> or anything here. No. Uh, no, listen, you know, nice guys don't always win your money. Yeah, gains. I, one of the bookmakers gave everybody their money back. Did you see that? Who, who did yeah, back on risk? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And also, and it's interesting is, is that like, I mean, for a guy who's ranked sixth in the world, Patrick Reed, like he doesn't have like a lot of big kind of blue chip sponsors. Now that could be his own personal <laughs> choice. But like you get the, you, you suspect that the real kind of blue chips would be like, Ugh, not going near that fella. <laughs> Will we briefly touch on Paul Casey and the distance report? Well, Paul Casey, for sure. Poor old Paul. Poor old what Paul. What do you mean by poor old Paul? He won a fair good few quid last week. No, he... Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, you mean in relation to him winning in Dubai as opposed to his comments about Saudi Arabia or both? I admit more... The Saudi Arabia stuff caught the eye because it's quite a, a sticky spot for him. But he did... To be fair, that's his 15th win worldwide, which is very impressive, Paul Casey. Yeah. Oh, so congratulations, 19th, Paul. 19th, 19th, 19th. He's had 15 on the PGA Tour. Sorry, 15 on the European Tour and four on the PGA Tour. So 19 uh, wins worldwide. It's good going. Yeah, the, the Saudi Arabia week was always going to be, I guess, a bit uh, squeaky for him and, and kind of uh, difficult. And, and the press conference seemed to be a little bit awkward. I don't know. Did you see that? I did. Mm. I have the transcript in front of me as well. Okay, perfect. I was hoping you might. Yeah. Do you want to be, who's, who'll be Paul Casey and who'll be the... Uh... Do you have a questionnaire? I have, Neil. I have it as well. <laughs> you, you, be, you be the guy asking the questions, Fiona. I'll be Paul Casey if the answers are shorter. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Paul, can we talk about the reasons why you're playing in Saudi this year? I mean, you previously declined to play for political reasons, and now you're obviously there. Can you talk us, how difficult a decision has this been for you, and, and what specifically changed for you? I don't have that part. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for the love of Mike. Well, Jesus. let me do Paul Casey. Start with then. the bit where you said, you said in your October statement, I hope my participation will make a difference. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, the yeah. real juicy uh, stuff. Um, Amnesty International called golfers this week to speak up about human rights issues in Saudi Arabia. And since that statement, Lujan El Hathloul has been jailed for five years for her activism. So would you like, I mean, as part of that process to make a difference, would you like to condemn that? Run me through that again. You said in October, you said in a statement, you said, I hope my participation, my participation will make a difference. Yes. In Saudi, okay? Amnesty International called the golfers in Saudi Arabia to speak up about human rights issues in Saudi Arabia. And since that statement in October, Lujan Al-Hathlul, a very well-known feminist activist in Saudi has been jailed for five years. That happened in December. So would you like to take this opportunity as part of that process to condemn that action by the Saudi government? And that's who jailed her again? Saudi Arabia have. Run me through that again? Don't run him through it again. No. Okay, no. Neil. No, okay, not. Neil. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. This, this, is the first, this is the first I've read of that. Clearly, I'm not well enough read on that particular topic. Clearly, with what I've just said to you in our previous question, yeah, 
There's no question that that is not aligned with my beliefs, does it? Look, I don't want to go. I don't want this week to just be about this situation. You know what I've said in my statements to you to answer your previous questions. I think I'm very clear with my views. Mm. Um, in a weird that didn't defense, go as well as I'd hoped. I no. mean, uh, in defense I, of Paul, neither Kate, of you. I don't. I don't think either of you should give the J, the J job, but a commendable effort. Are you kidding me? We had no rehearsal there. Like, <laughs> like, what are we? What are we in one of those like uh, Swedish movies that just like just improvise the thing? <laughs> um, in in a weird defense of Paul Casey, yeah. One is is that he made a rod for his own back last year. Earlier in that, I think the really kind of damning part is earlier in the press conference because he says, you know, you, you decline to play for political reasons, and his answer is is. Well, I don't think it was necessarily that political before. I'm like, well, what? That's exactly why you didn't. He, he came out and he said, look, you know I'm a father. I've got two kids. You know my charitable ties of UNICEF. And I felt that it was not right for me to play. Now, to kind of, that's where it's like, you've kind of committed yourself a year ago to saying, look, I'm going to stand against this tournament on humanitarian grounds. I don't feel that it's right for me to participate in a tournament that's taking place in a country that has such an appalling human rights record. And at the time, Paul Casey was applauded for it. And there was a sense, you know what? Fair play to you. Now, this year, he's rolled back. He's whatever. Maybe they've offered him tons more money. Maybe he's changed his mind. Who knows? Where I have a certain amount of limited sympathy for him is, is that like he'd never heard of this activist. Now, yeah, it's hard. How many of you have heard of her? No, I haven't. Well, there you go. So it's not like, you know, as Paul Casey, I guess the argument would go, well, if you're going to take a stand on that, then, you know, it's fair game to ask you a question about a well-known activist who has just been sentenced to five years in prison for expressing her opinion. Um, but there is a broader issue is as to haul it's almost as though there's a kind of a cheap shot about this, I think, by the journal. I'm not criticizing the journalist for doing it. I'm just saying this is, I don't know what it's in, in, indicative of other than Paul Casey had a strident opinion last year and this year he doesn't. But here, and the point is this, okay? The Dakar rally, the Spanish Super Cup twice, the WWE showdown, the Joshua Ruiz fight, the Super Coppa Italia, um, the Snooker Masters in Riyadh, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. These are all events that are taking place in Saudi Arabia. Two years ago, Saudi Arabia made an absolute massive decision that they are going to bring themselves into the world. And the way to do it, we've talked about it before, is through attracting major sports events. That's not Paul Casey's fault. Ultimately, the European tour, these questions should be asked of the European tour, not Paul Casey. And we know that the European tour has got its hands tied financially and is obliged to make all kinds of decisions that perhaps in another environment would prefer not to make. So that's why I'm, I have a certain amount of sympathy for Casey. Is just that like, are we to hold him responsible because Saudi Arabia has a shitty human rights record and they're playing a tournament there? No, but I guess, I mean, we hold him responsible for him changing his mind. I, I don't know if I'm making the point really particularly clearly, but- You are, you are. I just feel that like, it's not that I've, I don't care about Paul Casey, but at the yeah. same time, is just that like, ugh, I think there are bigger issues here. 
for sure. It's just difficult when he says very publicly, I'm taking a stand. And yeah. if I go there, you can call me a hypocrite. And then he could promptly goes there. And so they call him. Hypocrite. And the rest of those aren't really comparable because so Atletico Madrid play Barcelona in the Spanish Super Cup final. Again, if you're leveling criticism, it needs to be at the Spanish FA or at the owners of Barcelona and Atletico Madrid for going and playing. If Lionel Messi says, I'm not going on this. Well, listen, maybe Lionel Messi is different because he makes a stand and they probably have to cancel the game if he says he's not going. But if a player says they're not going to play, they'll probably find themselves fired. Paul yes, Casey could play, breach a contract. Paul Casey could play at the Phoenix Open this week where first yeah. prize is about two million quid. Yeah. So they have made a choice that financially it is more beneficial for them to play in Saudi Arabia than at another very legitimate tournament. So it's not a case of, as we've said before, for players over there who are fighting for their lives, who playing in this may mean they get their card next year. You can understand that. But why is Dustin Johnson there rather than playing? Like Dustin Johnson doesn't rock up to play the Irish Open because he likes to look at the scenery down by the K-Club. He's there for a reason because it's worthwhile. So sure. they are... Tyson DeChambeau, Terrell Hatton, and they Bill like, Mickelson, they're all yeah, there. When, yeah, that's, so when it, suits, when it suits them... Go on. This is the biggest week for the management companies that there has been in a long time. Because majority of the management companies will get paid for if they get their player a sponsor, either chest or wherever, but also when they negotiate appearance fees. So the likes, you take any of the big management companies that have X amount of players in this week, they have just rolled it in this week and 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 this is your this is i say is your management company major right now right this week mm. but you know as you say and i totally agree with you it's the european tour's fault that they're playing golf in saudi arabia and you know it's unfortunate that the likes of the guys who are struggling um to make a living you know, they've only played a couple of events and they will only get into a couple of events, mm. um, you know, somewhere to play. Yeah. Well, it's a packed field. We have <laughs> Bryson there. We have Dustin Johnson there, as you say, Nathan. We have Webb. Sorry, we don't. He's in Phoenix. Excuse me. We have Victor Hovland. We have Tony Fina. We have Paul Casey. We have Shane Lowry. Phil Mickelson, Sergio Gray McDowell. So it's a fairly stacked. Phoenix Waste Management, John Ram. Roy McElroy, Justin Thomas, uh, Shoffley, Webb Simpson, and on we go. I think we'll park the distance discussion for a week. There's not much in that report anyway. I, There's actually nothing in it. No. Can I just make one other point about uh, Saudi Arabia? Is, of course, uh, yeah. Just because um, from, so Brian Keogh at the Irish golf desk, he, uh, yeah. Jack Nicholas commenting, who's, you know, he's designing a course in Saudi. I'm excited by this project and my first golf course design in the Middle East to be selected as one of the first international designers to work in the kingdom is a great honor. I've already spent time looking at the topography of the land, images of the backdrop and terrain and discussing with our design team a strategy for the course. The design will fully integrate the natural environment and the beautiful Kidia landscape, bringing together green spaces and mountainous terrain to form a picturesque canvas for both a beautiful and challenging golf course. That's Jack Nicholas. Um, there you go. Uh, now I have to. Um, I watched another thing as well this week. Is Matteo Renzi, who's the well outgoing Prime Minister of 
of Italy and former mayor of Tuscany, who married my cousin, by the way, when he was mayor of Florence, rather. There's a there's a just a video came out of him absolutely brown nosing Mohammed bin Salman um, in an interview, like on a face to face, you know, Mohammed bin Salman, who is thought by many to be responsible for the ordering the murder of Khashoggi. Um, anyway, but in this interview, you have Renzi, the former mayor of Florence, who in really bad English is saying things like, well, of course, I was the mayor of like Florence, which, of course, was the cradle of the Renaissance. And it seems to me that you here in the kingdom are also responsible for the creation of a new Renaissance. And you're like, oh, for the love of Mike. So it's in the context. Yeah, all of that. It's Saudi Arabia has won. That's the point. Mm, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think. With each passing year, there'll be less of a murmur from us about yeah. the Saudi Arabia stop on tour. You know, when it first happened, it was such a big story. I remember Branagh Chambly going to town and all of that stuff. And uh, with each passing year, it does become normalized. It works. You know, that's where we yeah. are. Um, by the way, Rory last week was uh, first in driving, first in scrambling, first in greens and regulation through the first three rounds and was like 75th in putting. Uh, those Poana greens, I was just thinking US Open. Don't like this for starters. That will be in his head. So let's see how he goes on truer greens uh, this week. He's never played Phoenix before. So we'll see how he goes over the next couple of days. Gents, I think we put a pin in it. I suspect we may come back to a theme or two uh, from this week. Um, and we'll touch on the distance debate. Rory obviously uh, shot it down uh, this week. I'm sure you saw. Though he's angrily, not a, almost. Angrily, yeah. Though he's not against mm. bifurcation. So I, I think... Um, the points he's mm -hmm. making can still stand and they can still do something about the pro game. But this report, there was, there's not much in this. Um, this was kind of blown up and then actually it's just like plans for the future vaguely. <laughs> mm. So uh, we will talk next week. Nathan, Fionn, Peter. Thanks fellas. Thanks guys. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. That was an OTB podcast network presentation. 